0: You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Dali, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to lead in unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week, you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self care, and of course, her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now, wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Dolly Talks podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have a guest. This is not only just a guest, but this is my virtual assistant who has made the Dolly Talk podcast. Um, A lot more fun because she's doing uh, the work that I don't really enjoy and she's so good at it. So when you see the show notes and the thumbnails, this is who is behind the scenes doing all this. But I want you to meet her because she is a virtual assistant uh, that lives in Uganda. And when I asked her to come on to the show to talk about how she got into virtual assistant work, and to educate us about Uganda um, she happily agreed so her name is Joy Aliba and um, welcome to the show Joy
1: thanks Dali thanks for having me I'm excited today I'm a guest
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it must feel weird to be on the other side right
1: (laughs) it's weird and how I'm going to edit it also
0: (laughs) (laughs) editing your own video yeah yeah and I'm thinking (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so give us a little bit uh a little background about you know how you grew up and ended up becoming a virtual assistant
1: so uh I I think it was like in 2019 after we had graduated campus I graduated around October 2019 I was very I don't know to say blessed I got a job immediately at take tech farm I was doing that social media management and stuff like that Uh, And then I was minding my business on Facebook and just turned on my Facebook job notifications. (laughs) And uh, I got an alert for like jobs. And I was like, okay, let me also turn on the job notifications. So uh, I didn't quite like my job at uh, the tech firm because in social media, they weren't giving me anything to work with. They would give me apps. I launched the apps. uh, They launched the apps and, um after that they don't tell me about the launch and then uh when they, the is it appraisal something like that when they're like hey uh, so let's see the work you've been doing I'm like okay I don't have anything except courts and all these things and if anybody knows anything about social media that's not sustainable in the long run so I wanted to do something different and I saw a notification for this Facebook job that was in social media and uh Everything that was there, I could do. And I said, oh, let me just, let me just apply. I don't know what this is, but let me just apply for it. And when I applied for it, the lady got back to me. She's called Jocelyn Kopak. She had a digital marketing agency. She gets back to me. She talks to me about it. I have the interview Sunday, Sunday ev- Sunday evening. Yes, the Sunday evening, my time, which was like Sunday morning, her time. Very weird. And everybody's telling me, who has interviews on Sunday? That must be a scam job, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let me just go. What is going to hurt me? It won't hurt me because I'm on the other side of the world. So it will just be my time. And what was what I'm actually doing on Sunday? I'm seated. So I go to my workplace. Sorry to my old employers. I went there, used their Wi-Fi, everything, sat in the office and had the interview. She was so nice. And I woke up Monday morning with an email saying I've been selected and I'm gonna be working these EST hours. And I was just screaming all in the morning. <laughs> and that's how I started being <laughs> that's how I actually became a VA. But uh, with time it got overwhelming. Because I was working my nine to five in Uganda. And then at five, five PM to midnight, I was doing my VA work. So I was, yes. I cannot, I I don't know how to explain exhaustion to you, but I was exhausted. And I did that for like eight months. Eight months? Yes. That's a long time. Eight months because yeah, because I was so scared, darling. I was so scared. I'm like, I don't want to quit my job. I don't know anything about this VA space. I was so scared, but um, I'm very thankful to Jocelyn. Uh, she taught me everything I know. And uh, when her company closed down, she had already shown me all the opportunities and i had grown so much. She taught me, basically trained me and should even pay me during the training. It's something that's back home here you don't hear about in Uganda. It was my mom, she didn't believe me. And I think up to now, she thinks some people from the U.S. are always sending me money. And I'm like, I'm working for them. And she's like, okay, okay, mm, okay. Yeah, so basically, that's that's how I started. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. That is really funny. I can understand how family can be very skeptical. And they ask the silliest questions sometimes because some, some of my family members sometimes ask, So do you get paid for doing the bullying education work? I'm like, yes,
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) Yes. So my, especially for us here, remote work is something that is, uh, I don't know how to say it's very unique. It's different. And it only made sense during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's when it only made sense. And, but the, I think just locally, you're remote locally, but international-wise, I think some of my, if I'm explain this to my grandma, she's going to be like, what? Like, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. So it just made sense recently, but uh, it's something unique and it's good to see that most people are now accommodative to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's mm. back up a little bit because I'm curious about the education system in Uganda, because you said you graduated and you immediately got a job at a tech firm. So is is the school system there big on educating you in tech? No.
1: So in East Africa, we we have the best education in East Africa, because Uganda is part of East Africa, Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, you name it. People from other countries normally travel to our country because mm-hmm. we have the best. Yeah, we have the best education system here and stuff like that. So I went to school for mass communication okay. and I majored in public relations mm-hmm. And I always said, I'm going to be in one of those big PR firms, eh? <laughs> representing people, saying those big words, like, no, 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 we didn't steal the money, blah, 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 whatever, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm here as a it's, it's so crazy. So I always envisioned myself doing those things. But just like uh, how you can do something, and just like a tech firm can have maybe a comms aspect that they want to manage. Now, I was managing their social media doing part of their PR, I was managing that particular aspect when I was hired. I went in as an intern and then the on got the position with time. Mm, I see. Mm.
0: So what is it that makes the education system in Uganda so much better than all the other Eastern, East uh, East, uh, African countries?
1: So I think it's because we are a predominantly English speaking country. We have so many languages and so many uh, tribes. So one way for us to easily communicate is English. We were colonized by the British. We speak British English. So uh, it's very easy for us. But in countries like Kenya, Kiswahili is their national language and stuff like that. So you can find people who don't know anything about English. But in Uganda, no matter, even in the deepest past, parts of the area, you'll find someone speaking English. So I think it's our, Eng- our English speaking and everything else that makes it, yeah. And with time now, I think of recent, like right now, we the model has changed. So those days it would just be class, class, class. But now they're incorporating things like arts and crafts, making sure that people can do things outside just pen and paper, yeah.
0: Okay, wow, I had hmm. no idea. Um... I didn't know that English was the, so it's the main language you would say in Uganda? Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like the major one predominantly spoken around because if you just, if I just move to another, we have, we call them districts. If we move just to another district, whole different language. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you cannot speak it, then you're doomed. So with English, it makes it easy.
0: So it just opens the door to so many mm. more communities. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So generally speaking, do people who know that you are a VA, do they kind of devalue your job? Mm. They think it's like you're just sitting in the computer <laughs> playing around or, <laughs> you know, do they grasp how, you know, intense it can be intellectually?
1: So my routine, I'll start with my routine to to answer that question. So when I wake up in the morning, I go to the gym and then I'm posting on my Instagram stories, my updates and my friends who have nine to fives. So those days they'll be like, what what are you doing at the gym at nine? We are at work. And I'm like, I work EST time and they didn't quite understand it and the aspect. And I said, okay, guys, I work at night. I work like from four, three to like midnight. And they're like, what? And I get to explain to them what I do. I feel like the millennials, they find it so cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. They're like, oh my God, millennials, Gen Z, you name it. They're like, oh my God, this is so interesting. What, what? And but the thing they always ask about is job security, mm-hmm. and I said uh, I said I feel like just like any any working relationship or any relationship, it's built on trust. Like I keep telling people, I wake up every morning and text Dali with like I know she's going to reply, with with that sort of confidence. And when you don't reply me, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try again the next day and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I feel like it's, I tell them it's built on trust. And once you get, it's just like anything. Once you get into the system, you get an understanding of how everything works and it becomes easy to communicate and that becomes your whole world. So the Gen Z's, the millennials, they find it so cool. People like my parents, they are so perplexed about it. They're always worried. Uh, Africans, I don't know about you guys cult- culture wise, but for us uh, girls our age, we we're supposed to be married. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they beat, uh, when we had campus, you don't, they don't want you to say anything about a boyfriend, whatever, girlfriend. They're like, mm-hmm, read your books. We want you to get this degree and stuff like that. And immediately after you have graduated, everyone is like, where's your husband? And I'm like, I thought we went to school for the books. So, oh my God. Wait, so this <laughs> so, is so this is yeah.
0: as you graduate from university right
1: or from high school yes
0: okay university from
1: university yes like you get your degree right yes to go to the job market the pressure
0: oh my god it's,
1: yes there's that, that that meme the pressure is getting worse uh, it gets worse so right now, <laughs> it's so serious yeah
0: so right now you, how long ago did you graduate
1: So I graduated in 2019. So every, at least time I speak to my mom, she's like, Oh, so how, what happens when you get a husband? Because you work at night. So (laughs) how is this going to, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, we should cross the bridge when we reach there. She's like, okay. So she cannot help, but ask me that. So, uh, Gen Z's, millennials, they love it. They're like, oh my God, Joe, I have so many of my friends ask me all the time and I send them to the groups. I tell them about Clubhouse, like how I met you. Uh, but for my uncles, aunties, my mom, they just be stressed about it. But they're like, thank God you're working.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, culturally, I, I kind of understand that on uh, for the Latino community, it's kind of the same where the expectation is to marry and I would mm. say even, see, even some families they wouldn't mind if the girl marries before graduating university yes or, yeah but yeah they wonder and like wait a minute they just everything's about well what what's everything gonna work like when your husband you know in my Uh that didn't happen to me but I always tell my friends who have gone through that you know tell them you'll just find yourself a husband who's gonna be willing to work around that schedule yes
1: (laughs) yes that's what I said
0: (laughs) he's gonna he's gonna you know have that same energy um Mm. but it's hard I think for older people in in the family to understand that um yeah
1: it is Mm.
0: so as far as the security um for uh income wise for vas yes what would you say is the biggest challenge to have that security
1: so for me uh whenever i get a new client i just always pray i'm like i don't want them to see see my Ugandanness. i need them to see that i can actually get the job done because we have certain people i'll open a call with them And then I'd be like, because when I started out, I wanted to lie. Because I'd be like, "Uh, let me just say, like, I'm in the U.S. But I'm like, this is going to cost me so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say you lie and then get a VA job. That's locally. And then they're like, oh, we're having a meeting in Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, how do I get there? (laughs) yeah <laughs> so uh for me I just always pray. I'm like God, I don't want this person to see my Ugandanness. So I try and I'm always looking at what international VAs are doing so I can match up and uh, that and my, my other challenge at the moment is just um, because we don't have PayPal mm-hmm. uh it's it's, a, it's it's a hard thing in terms of payment and all those things but it's very if people are open to other alternatives that definitely work because I have people relatives send me money from abroad uh, to in Uganda then it makes everything easy and security wise like I think only one person has ever ghosted me but the letter one came back mm-hmm. because I I don't know maybe they felt guilty they came back after like four months, paid me all my money and they were like, oh, sorry, I was going through a rough patch, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, hey it's okay. But for me, I always, the, the discovery call can actually tell if someone is excited to work
0: with you. Mm-hmm.
1: You can just read off energy and then be like, okay, so this person is not seeing me Saying, oh, she's in Uganda, she's in Africa, she may not get the job done. I don't know about these people, whatever the news is telling you, you're like, oh, all those biases and everything. So I always make sure that the person uh, I'm working with, I'm comfortable with them and I'm honest. I don't lie, I'm like, I'm in Uganda. That's like the first thing on the discovery call you get to know, yeah. Yeah. So you can build trust, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I remember when you told me that and I think I asked you, what time is it over there? (laughs) because yes that's
1: the
0: first question because yeah to me uh, I was like I don't care where you are as long as you can get the job done and Mm. if I need to get a hold of you I want to make sure that I can and so I must say I have not had a single problem and I always tell every time I refer somebody they ask me where you're at and I tell them Uganda and then there's like a pause (laughs) And that's when I was like, but I've never had any problems communicating with her. Mm. With her, she responds within the hour, really. Um, yes. And uh, and uh, I know that two of them, maybe three, have uh, become your clients, and they're very happy when we get together. Yes. Like, hey, <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> uh, like, hey, Joy is amazing. I'm like, I know she's phenomenal. <laughs> And I actually just recommended you to this other guy, um, but he was like, "Oh, she sounds amazing, but does she speak Spanish?" I'm like, "No."
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I actually was I actually was having uh, a call with one of them, Amiti, mm-hmm. and I said. I think I need to to, to to learn Spanish. At the rate that Dal is referring me, oh. the next thing I need to learn Spanish, Spanglish, you name it, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah.
0: No, really, um, maybe, maybe you actually should because here in the United yeah. States, the fastest growing businesses are Latinas.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Projected that it's going to continue to grow. So one of the things that I'm seeing is, and it has been happening for many years, is that there all these huge firms are catering to the Latinx or Latino market. And mm. it, kind of, it kind of bugs me because they want our money. And mm. <laughs> purchasing power. And I'm one of those that I'm like, well, I'm going to give my money to minorities because they mm. Yeah, so that was another thing um, that I liked uh, working with you—that you're a woman and you're in Africa. Uh, and mm. um, I don't know, you're. So far, we had a really great experience working with you, and I like that you're very um, honest too, because you know that's that's important. And the fact that you you're here having this conversation with me to teach me about your culture and your country, I really appreciate yeah. it because, uh, like I said before we started recording. One of the things that I want to focus on is through this podcast to bring more education uh, that will debunk stereotypes because they really are annoying and they contribute to the inequ- inequalities that we see in the world. So,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So with that said, I have some questions regarding. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fun. So. Let's see, growing up, what are some of the common ways that kids uh, entertain themselves? Or are there any type of like special cultural things? For example, in Latinos, we have the quinceañera, which is a huge party, usually bigger than your wedding, um, to Mm. to celebrate your 15th birthday because supposedly you're going into womanhood, although really you're
1: not. Mm. (laughs) So for us... For us back here at home, culturally, I don't think there's anything that's so big in terms of like parties. But I know growing up, we used to play a couple of local games uh, back home. Like I don't something we call. I don't know how to say it in English or is it even in English, but we, we call it blada. We would kind of like put uh, rubber and then skip over it and jump and all those things. And uh, just playing around with, uh, I think you have seen those circle games. People normally have like stones. So it's something that we tend to play a lot here, but the games that are predominantly played a lot, especially for the boys, is football. Football is a big thing.
0: And by football, it's such a big thing. It's it's uh, soccer, right? Not like- Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah, not American football. It's soccer. It's like Arsenal, Manchester United, blah, blah, blah. So it's something that, yeah, I think it's because of the British and everything, we kind of adapted that that sort of mannerism. So I'm not certain, so culture-wise, like if we have specific games, I know though, but in my tribe, I don't know any, but I know like in other tribes, I know they have those games that they normally, normally still happen because uh, each tribe has, still has like traditional leaders, kings, like kings and stuff like that. Yeah, who we who, who we honor and give respect to despite having the president.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. So then yeah. what about the hierarchy? Because, um, you know, sometimes you're taught as a child you have got to respect your elders, even if your elder is your sibling and they're only a year older than you. So do you have... Yes,
1: that? yes, we definitely have it. So... I feel like it's a thing that started in a particular tribe uh, called the Waganda, where they literally kneel like, yes. What? <laughs> Your eyes just little, yes. <laughs> so uh, now in terms of showing respect to, if I met my grandmother, there isn't any way that I will speak to her when I'm standing, no. When you're I will be, yes. I cannot talk to her when I'm standing. Why? Uh, it's, it's just, I don't know how to say it. I just find myself kneeling down. I'm like literally on my knees and I'm just speaking to her from there and stuff like that. Then if I met my uncles uh, and aunties, if we were, let's say a party or something or some, especially when we go to the village, like where your parents were born, Because most of them left the villages, moved to the cities and made a life. If we go to the village, culture is on a high. Oh, oh, culture is like at 100. We are kneeling. We are greeting everyone and stuff like that. So it's a thing about culture. And most times even when we have like traditional marriages and stuff like that, because we have the traditional marriages then the church weddings and stuff like that. Most of us kneel. We kneel during our traditional weddings. We kneel for our husbands. So that's a thing here back home. And yes, (laughs) if I met my grandfather on a train to the U.S., uh, anywhere, you name it, even if we were at the airport, I would kneel down wow, and greet him, say hello, stuff like that. And then wait for him to, like, lift me up and be like, oh, it's okay, you can stand up and stuff like that, so.
0: Oh, wow. Have you ever, had yeah. To,
1: and
0: have you ever, have I ever what like that, but amongst people who are not used to seeing that?
1: No, I've never actually. So, <laughs> and actually for us here, if they got you kneeling, everyone's like, oh, this is just showing respect and uh-huh. people move on. But most times, if I travel outside Uganda and like when I go to like Kenya to see my friends, and the Uber drivers be like, oh, so where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from. Uganda, and they're like, oh my God, you're from that country where the women are so respectable, they kneel for their husbands. I'm like, yes, so it's it's <laughs> like a, <laughs> it becomes a whole fuss because in East Africa, that's majorly what major of us do. So it started with one tribe, but then it spread out and many people tend to do it right now, especially in terms of showing respect.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that's kind of cool in a way because that's like the ultimate you know act to yes to I think it would just be weird for me to have to kneel to my husband because my relationship is like that's your best friend
1: usually so, <laughs> so. It, yes and I know how it's crazy but on a traditional okay for us like especially as millennials I, I don't know if it's a thing that we do. I don't know. my Some of my friends who are married, I know they're not kneeling for their husbands uh, because the kneeling culture or whatever it is, it's even taken things like, oh, he has come back from work. And you're like, oh, we'll come back. And you kneel down and pick his bag, you name it. That sort of respect. But when you're giving him lunch or supper or serving him, you kneel. But... For millennials, Gen Zs, I feel like it only happens during the culture marriage. After that, we're like, oh, excuse me, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be me.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I know. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's you. That like... <laughs> yeah. No, and you know the person so well, you're like, no, 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 you don't deserve this.
0: (laughs) Oh, I bet, I bet the elders are like, oh, these young people not following
1: tradition. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So much. They get irritated, but yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you mentioned something interesting about there is the church wedding and then there's a traditional wedding. So, what does a traditional wedding look like?
1: So, a traditional wedding. Uh, right now, I'm in Kampala. Uh, it's the capital city of Uganda. Um, if I was to get married, I, I wouldn't get married in Kampala. I wouldn't. My dad is like, no. We would go to my father's village in Soroti, where he comes from. and then have the traditional wedding in Soroti in his village there. And uh, my husband or my fiancé, who intends to marry me, his, him and his people, I don't care where they're coming from, even if they're coming from the U.S., they will have to come to my village, mm-hmm. to my father's village, meet the elders and everything, and then have the traditional marriage from there. And then after having the traditional marriage, then that's how we go into the church wedding and everything so it's not very mandatory because times have changed however nine out of ten times it happens okay so Mm. when
0: you're getting married in the village is is the marriage like a day long because you know some traditions they have like a whole week something you know and who shows up who's invited who's not allowed to be there um and uh, are there certain customs, like special things that you do during the ceremony?
1: Yeah, it can be a bit overwhelming because uh, if it's taken to the village, it's very hard not to to invite other people. Oh, I bet. Because yeah, <laughs> yes, <Everybody laughs> <does. Everybody laughs> <does>. because because <laughs> it is so hard to have gated communities and villages. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. My parents uh, stay in the city and our house is all gated. But then when we go to the village, your house is just there and your land is there. And you're like, oh, it's OK. okay. It's, nobody's going to take. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when if if I'm to actually get married, if I look back at my sister's traditional weddings, I see people coming from other villages, coming for my sister's introduction ceremony, their traditional weddings and they are traveling and they are walking like all in the morning at six so that they're there like at 10 you know
0: oh my gosh so 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 is this like people that you actually invite or just people like a unspoken rule that if you're from the surrounding villages you're invited
1: it's kind of like an unspoken rule and there's almost i don't know there's almost nothing you cannot do about it <laughs> because <laughs> you are the one who decided to take your traditional wedding to the village so you're not going to restrict people you don't have a gated community you can just set up the tents so if when they're setting up the tents they'll set up the tents for the family meaning my sisters cousins you name it blah 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 and then my husband's family whatever tent they'll come in and stuff like that and then they will set up a tent for all the other villagers. Mm-hmm. So they will—they'll will give them space. They will—we will, shall literally feed them. How it's do, their party.
0: How do you plan to,
1: for so much food? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know even how to answer that. <laughs> but okay, so in in certain cases, it's a thing about saying. Mm-hmm have the in-laws eaten because the in-laws are given uh, much respect. Mm-hmm. So the in-laws are very much well catered for. And then uh, for other people like around the village and everybody else, we also put them into consideration. Uh, but the I will say, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a bad or good thing, but the concern really isn't about them a lot. But however, they are they are served. So, but but the truth of the matter is, you cannot feed all of them because right. and they will not stop coming. So it just has to be a point and be like, oh guys, sorry, uh the meals are done. And we are like, oh, okay, cool. And stuff and like if that. food runs out, so, they leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. If food runs out, they leave. But if food never runs out, they will never leave your house, they'll never leave your compound, and stuff like that. And after the traditional marriage, they come around the next morning because it can be gift or being given and stuff like that. It is such a major and big thing, but it's very, for me personally, there's thought about it gets me very stressed.
0: Oh, I can imagine. But, you know, yeah, it, it also sounds extremely exciting.
1: It is. It is, especially with your friends coming uh and uh, culture-wise. If you marry someone from the same culture, it's not very exciting. Maybe it's just like, oh. You know what's going to happen. But if you <laughs> tribe, if you marry someone from a different tribe, it's just amazing to see how they experience it and how they accommodate it and stuff like that. It's, yeah. But the whole experience is work because it's, it's it's for for parents, especially the traditional wedding is basically for the mother. She's oh. so proud. Yes. Oh, it's it's basically for the parents they make a whole fuss about it because they're going back home telling everyone, Oh my God, look at my kids. They're getting married. So then the church wedding is when you can then restrict and it normally happens in the city.
0: Okay. Wow. That sounds, yeah. Overwhelming, exciting, fun.
1: expensive.
0: Mm. So who, who. Yes. Expensive.
1: Yeah. That is the one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So who's normally in charge of paying for all those expenses?
1: Normally, when it's the traditional wedding, it's your father, it's your family, your uh, your uncles, your aunties, basically your dad. So it's normally the girl's side mm-hmm. that will cater for the traditional wedding. And when the boy is coming or your fiance, he's just going to come with gifts and what, and you name it. And mm-hmm. the gifts, are they can go from... I don't know. Very extraordinary things to just basic things like fruits. Mm -hmm. But it means something. Yeah. Yeah. So you your husband can decide to bring a car, he can decide to bring chairs, furniture. Yes. Oh my god. He can can bring your parents the biggest flat screen they have ever seen in this (laughs) world. And he he can do so much. Like remember, he's coming to your home so he's he's coming with this intent that he wants to impress then he's gonna bring vegetables and fruits and everything basically let me say what your parents depending on how pompous the traditional wedding is Mm -hmm. some people literally get back their money
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah because he's bringing food and he brings cooking oil yes he will bring that (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, like bring a moving truck with all this stuff in it because <laughs> yes yes
1: <laughs> then cows uh poultry you name it uh-huh. yeah yeah
0: mm. okay so the gifts are mainly for the parents of the bride
1: yes they yes yeah. yeah like thanking her and everything yeah so these are discussions that have already happened prior to so mm-hmm. they're like okay eight cows and stuff like that whatever number of cows and stuff like that. yeah. And it's something that nine out of 10 times, you as the girl, you don't have control. Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds like yeah. it.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> what about the bride and groom's attire for the wedding?
1: Most, I feel like uh, most times it's it's a thing about uh, you just coordinating with your fiancé and stuff like that and then see how you guys can get up with it. Or oh, if your parents want to accommodate it well and good and stuff like that. But it's it's a thing about making sure like you're just smart. We have certain specific traditional wares for, for specific tribes. So if I'm getting married in the West, if I'm marrying a Western man from the Western part of the country, I'm gonna dress a certain way when I'm coming out of the house to welcome him, do the traditional wedding, to show respect to his culture, to these people who have traveled all the way from the other side, of the country to come and mar- uh, visit my family and ask for my hand in marriage. So yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's how it normally works, yeah.
0: Wow, yeah, and so is there a period of time that you should be engaged? Like, you know, there are some countries where you're engaged for like only 30 days and then you're expected to just get married after the 30
1: days. <laughs> <laughs> so for us... I don't know about it, but I will speak for my family. We tend to make sure. So there's something called, it's called like the first visit. So African parents are very different. And I don't know, Dali, if you ask your kids if they are dating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For us, they're not going to ask you if you're even dating. They're just going to be like, when, when are you getting married? <laughs> and stuff like that. that. <laughs> they're the very stuff. direct. <laughs> yeah they're like oh my god don't do that your husband when your husband comes and they, they're not concerned about that so when the first visit happens you go home and then see that's when you introduce it's a, it's basically a small small introduction with your family just you the boys family and everything and then that's how you guys get to know each other and stuff like that so when the first visit happens you guys talk over everything and stuff like that And yeah, that's how you get to know each other. So when the first visit happens, then all the other things then start happening just accordingly. Yeah.
0: So then when you bring this person to your family, that means you're pretty serious.
1: Yes, very, very serious. You're not introducing them to John this week and then Mark next week. No, my mom (laughs) is not yet over my boyfriend of campus who I introduced her to. And yet he got married
0: <laughs> oh my and God. she's
1: not over it. <laughs> so that is, that is the thing about us. So it's a very serious thing. Very serious.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's interesting. So what is, what happens in the church wedding and is a church wedding, something that became a thing because of the colonization of the country?
1: Yes, it's definitely a thing because of the colonization and, uh, I'm not certain about the laws regarding that, but the state really does stand with that. If you have a church wedding, uh, it gives you, um, I don't know how to say, it's very hard for your husband to marry another woman, but traditional weddings are very polygamous.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Is that common though? Like maybe the rule is that you can have polygamy, but it's not practiced or
1: is it really practiced? It is very much practiced, here. Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, how many yeah. can a man have? As many as he can handle, basically. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Nobody's going to hold him hostage. And nobody really does care if he's really taking care of them because the state really doesn't. It's like, you took yourself there. You, you deal with that matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, yeah. But in terms of, uh, so... So that's why after the, the the first visit is done, we speak about, hey, uh, especially I'm talking thinking about my mom, you're not going to bring her a man and then say, oh, we're going to be engaged for like six years. She's like, no. Mm-hmm. So that day we set the introduction date and then the wedding date. Oh. And everything is already finalized during the first visit. And now people start planning uh, WhatsApp groups. Joy wins, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> and then like, okay, guys. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, and but um, contributing for people's weddings mm-hmm. is a big thing here.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. It
1: is a very big thing. And sometimes people take offense because I say, oh, Dali's my friend. And I know Dali, she has a good job. I think she'll give me like a million yeah, I know, she'll give me some good money. And then you get surprised, Dali doesn't have that money. Oh, she has other things going on. And she's like, sorry, guys, I can only give you these or stuff like that. Oh, even the person doesn't contribute. So once the dates have been finalized, the next thing is form all these WhatsApp groups. And then start telling people, uh, this is what's going to happen and stuff like that. But the church weddings, there's a lot of contribution that happens for it. The boy's family comes together with the girl's family. Most times the church wedding is catered for by the boy's family.
0: Okay. Wow. That's incredible Mm -hmm. that you find out until then with the contributions that your friend was bluffing about how much they Yes.
1: (laughs) Or how much they really care about you. (laughs) That's
0: embarrassing too.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes.
0: So in, um, I don't know that in Nicaragua, we have that type of contribution at that level. Um, Mm -hmm. but it is common for them to choose like a, kind of like a godfather, you know, Mm -hmm. like somebody like a a couple that's married that has been together for a long time to be like the mentors or like the support Mm -hmm. system for the new couple. Um, I know that in Mexico, it is very common to have what they call padrinos and madrinas and they are like if you are selected to be like they'll have like la madrina of the cake la madrina or el padrino of the the dress so they're assigned Mm. like that's what they're going to pay for pretty much Mm, (laughs) so mm, mm. yeah as far as uh nicaraguan so we don't have that so much it's more like you, the, the the couples they just get showered with gifts the day of the okay. wedding mm-hmm. yeah mm, that's yeah. really cool. Oh, so, that's cool yeah so then the church wedding is what stops the polemic like you're pretty much telling you're committing to you're not going to engage in polygamy this is like just a UN yes
1: so yes I, yes I'm assuming mm.
0: that's becoming a lot more popular yeah. it
1: is and most gals want that because they yeah. may be like it's something that maybe in the event that divorce happens, you, the, as the woman, you kind of have the upper hand because uh, women are uh, a minority group here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a very, very minority group. Uh, uh, it's crazy if, if, if something happened, depending on what, how your family thinks, uh, your mom will not be given the upper hand if your father passes on. It's crazy, it's mm-hmm. in this day and age, that such things still happen and everything will change. So women are the minority groups. So imagine I was married to this man and we just had a traditional wedding. Yes, he wasn't polygamous, but he passes on. I'm literally left with nothing sometimes, depending on how my relatives think or his family, if they are the kind, come and take, come and take. can literally leave you with nothing wow but yeah in terms of like uh going to church now that's when you can then hire a lawyer a divorce lawyer or whatever sort of lawyer in in place to fight for you and the court can rule in your favor sometimes
0: yeah that's tough though because Mm. so many people must not have the ability to afford a lawyer to yes right so then you Mm. end up with nothing. So then women don't have any legal rights to ownership of any of the property that the husband might leave behind, whether he earned that that property or those assets before or during the wedding, during the marriage. Is that right?
1: Yes. I'm not so certain about the law and how it supports that. But most times from what I know, if your husband hasn't put certain things in your name, Mm -hmm. they can't be taken away.
0: Mm. Is it looked down mm. upon if a man does put some things in his wife's name?
1: No, it's actually not. And I, I think it's the right thing to do for me personally, knowing how a family is, it, the craziness that we see in these movies and around the world, it really does happen. Yeah. So I feel like it's it's the right thing to do. And that's why women nowadays want to go to church, get their last names changed to their husband's names And uh, like when you're buying land, I'm like Mr. and Mrs. and stuff like that. So I feel like we are now walk in that area. (laughs) We're like, no, you're not going to leave us with anything because we have seen so many scenarios. I think even right now, there must be one happening (laughs) where a woman is left with nothing in the event that her husband dies. Oh, he decides to go with another woman. And yeah.
0: Wow. What about children? Um, are you expected to have children right away after getting married?
1: Yes. From what society is like? After the marriage, the next thing, because remember, they have started asking me already, oh, Joy, when are you getting married? And then the next thing, they're like, okay, when are you having kids? And then they'll be like, is it a girl? When are you having a boy? Basically, <laughs> they are in your business 411 and kind of cannot do anything about it but just be like okay let's wait and see but uh just as i said especially our generation millennials people are changing people don't want to have those questions people now talk about it and then be like speak about it and now we have those discussions about uh the african aunties who are always asking you about when your child is coming and stuff like that because things like infertility are not, let's um, say it's not something for people abroad. People face it here and sometimes bring up those questions and it's it, it can hurt someone, especially if they're going through a crisis.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Wow. That's mm. a lot of pressure. I it's mean, so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it <laughs> seems like from the meeting, the, the guy all the way through. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it happens in every single country but in different ways and some are more intense right because I know Mm, yes I waited like seven and a half years to have a child with my husband
1: wow I
0: felt like I had to test him out through different scenarios (laughs) i was like i don't know i mean you seem like you would be a good dad but we gotta Mm -hmm. go through some life challenges before i decide to have a child with you
1: (laughs) wow that is serious darling
0: (laughs) well i'm the eldest of six and my mom mom ended up uh being single you know my father left when i was oh yeah so i saw what happens uh, mm. not, and he was not a good man too. So I was very picky with like, okay, I'm not going to have a, a child with just, mm. me. and then if I even have a child, cause actually I didn't want children because the responsibility scared me. Mm. Um,
1: mm.
0: and then when I decided, I was like, okay, I think, I think he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would also tell him like, Hey, you got to test me out too, because I actually don't think I would be a good mother. I think I'm too, too like too practical like yes i thought i wasn't gonna have the patience um but as it turns out i have more patience than i ever imagined
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm just trying to think seven yes yeah stories have already started moving around like two things she's either barren or oh, mm-hmm. the husband has something the yeah. man is going to get someone else. Oh, my God. Your mother is praying. She's like at the prayer mountain with her friends. They are fasting. It's a serious thing. That is seven years. <laughs>
0: I know. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like I'm one of the rare Latinas because my mother never once asked, are you going to have a child? Wow. She was like,
1: live your best life. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, but for us, African, I know that it's just a thing across the board, whether you're in Uganda, whether you're in Kenya, as long as you're African, the next big thing after getting married is like, okay, so where are the kids? Mm -hmm. But now with our generation, uh, the Gen Zs and everything, people are having, I hear some of my friends who don't want to have kids and mindsets are changing. Like, okay, it's not all about this. What if I want to do different things with my
0: yeah. Mm Wow. Oh my gosh, Joy, it's almost four and I have so many more because <laughs> we focus more like, on the family aspect. I think we okay. should do a two and maybe a three <laughs> because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if you have, I, I can ask a bit short ones if you have and then, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We just, can, yeah. Before we wrap it up, uh, sh- if you would share with us maybe one or two or three things that you would want people to know about your culture or your country?
1: So uh, I'm very certain everyone has been seeing the news about our country moving around. And uh, I will say we are more than the news. And uh, just like everyone else in the world is striving uh, for different things and opportunities, Ugandans are too. And you'll meet us around the world. I know we kind of lot in Canada and, and there's a whole association about that and every day my friends are leaving the country to go to the U.S. To So one thing I would say, our culture is very diverse and we are very accommodative and there's a reason we are called the Pearl of Africa. So come and experience us. Yes, you can google it. <laughs> we are literally called the Pearl of Africa. We're so, It's a, such a beautiful country, very good weather in terms like that but uh, just like everyone is fighting for different opportunities, we are all seeking for them. And I just hope the world can see us remove their glasses and just see us for the kind, our work ethic and the things that we can do rather than what the news portrays and what you've heard. Every time someone says Uganda, people Google and they only look at our president who passed on who was so bad, Idi Amin. And they're like, oh my God, what are you guys going to do? There must be like a war right now, blah, blah, blah. No. Come and experience the country for yourself and then see but just like everyone else we are hustling for the same things yeah that's why i'm a virtual assistant looking for clients in the u.s yeah (laughs)
0: yes yeah yeah yeah. i'm so glad that i met you i'm so glad for that day that you came into clubhouse and introduced yourself because um, yes yes i feel like i've gained a wonderful new friend and you make me want to go to uganda and visit your country (laughs) yeah i really i really go
1: yeah it, yes and you can come on anytime but very accommodative and stuff like that and yeah come and see real real life here as well yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: bring my kids because I, I want them it's so important for me to raise kids that don't have those blinders because we hear so many things that are so ignorant or so just ridiculous and the fact that people take that to heart instead of looking for answers and um and seeing people for who they are first. Because one of the things that you said is you don't want people to see your ugandan first. You know? Yes. I completely understand that. You know, as Latinos, mm. we, we too, um, uh, some people, uh, when I tell them I have a master's, they're like, oh, you have a master's, mm-hmm. opposed to or something.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, so I, I understand that. Uh, well, thank you so much. We definitely need to do a part two.
1: Um, yes, you can tell me when. <laughs>
0: This was really fun. And uh, yeah, well, I guess that wraps it up, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me, Dali. Thank you. Um,
0: oh, wait, before we go, we must yes. hear, Joy, how people can get a hold of you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so people can get a hold of me through my Instagram, VJ. I, I, I'm i going to do the show notes so you'll find them in the show notes <laughs> and everything. So I'm, I am I, I I stay active on, on Instagram so you can ping me. And if you want to book a discovery call for any of my virtual assistant services, you can just click the link in my bio, take a look at my website and all those things. And if you're Dali's friend, talk to her and she can tell you how nice I am. Definitely. <laughs> even, even if you
0: don't know yeah. me, just send me a DM at Dali Talks. Mm you Want to ask me some questions, uh, you know, about how I work with Joy? Because some people do. They're like, so what does she do for you? You know, how good is she? You know, one of my favorite things is uh, your uh, style of writing because mm. uh, I struggle with that. So <laughs> <you're better laughs> <than> I do. <laughs> All right. Yes. Joy, thank you once again. And I guess we'll see when we do part two.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, bye.
0: <laughs> I hope that you've really enjoyed that conversation. I certainly learned a lot, and I, like I said, we're going to have a part two, possibly a part three. Um, but if you want to reach out to Joy, you can check her out on um, Instagram. Her handle is virtual joy. V is Victor J. Um, Or you can, you know, look at the show notes below. Her links are going to be there. She's really an amazing person. She's very professional and friendly at the same time. Uh, And uh, hit her up about questions about Uganda too. Just, you know, be respectful um, and uh, let's keep learning because we really need to educate our children and ourselves about different cultures and, you know, stop believing those stereotypes that continue to contribute to the the way that we, we treat people sometimes. And also just so that we don't embarrass ourselves by saying something offensive or assuming something that's not true, um, and all that stuff. So thanks again for listening to the Dali Talks podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, have another episode, Um, if you are new, we have one every single Wednesday, it publishes by noon Eastern. And if you want to join the newsletter to be notified about each episode, uh, go to dalitalks.com that pop-up will come up and, uh, get that free lead generator that I'm giving away and you'll be added to the newsletter. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind the scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.